Some JMU fans understandably concerned. That game was closer than they wanted to, particularly at the end, against Old Dominion. A further look at the schedule might lend you to reassess that theory, which is what we do right now in part two of Covering the Commonwealth. Yep, we're copying this idea. Covering the Commonwealth, a look at the locally interesting teams and stories from the experts who cover them. Let's start with now to the JMU Dukes. With Shane Metlin, Harrisonburg Daily News Record, back with us once again in the fast lane. Shane, a lot of fans were wondering how JMU, an 18-point favorite, got up to 20 and a half, only one by three against Old Dominion. A lot of the sharp betters, though, thought that Old Dominion could keep this one close, and it's evident now why this is the seventh time in eight games. The only one that was not in this category was the opener at Virginia Tech. But for Old Dominion, the seventh time in eight games where they've been in a one-possession game at the final gun. Were you surprised that Old Dominion fought JMU in the Royal Rumble, if that's what we want to call it? Uh, not surprised that it was closer than the uh, 20 point spread that that seemed large to me from the very beginning um, you know both of these teams have played a lot of one score games this year like you just alluded to and um, <clears throat> and and ODU does things that just make it difficult on 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 teams the way they spread the field the way they you know run a lot of those quick screens that you know you just have to be ready for they're they're difficult to stop they're gonna put some points on the board against just about anybody and yeah, so, so not terribly surprised that it was a close game. How much is that also the product? And, I mean, Liberty fans, I know there's a Liberty-JMU rivalry, but uh, Liberty fans have seen this, where sometimes you sit there and go, how is that game closer than expected? This is also what we get in college football because you're dealing with 18- to 23-year-olds who uh, the focus is hard to maintain over the course of a season. Yeah, I mean, these guys all have lives outside of football, like like all the rest of us. You know, we, we've all gone to work days where we weren't our best, and um, I think people forget about that when it comes to uh, when it comes to athletes, especially at the college level. You know, it, just about anything could factor into, you know, maybe not playing your best on a given day. But JMU's focus level has been pretty good all season, and um, you know they're doing what it takes to to get wins, which is at the end of the day, that's all you're asking for. Jordan McLeod. 27 of 40 through the air. Three touchdowns, did have two interceptions, but topped the 325-yard mark, got to 340. How much has he evolved as a passer? Um, You know, he's been passing the ball pretty well from the beginning. I mean, I think he's just – he's evolving as a – decision maker I think is the case he talked about you know the two interceptions one of those was you know pretty controversial whether it was actually an interception or not they didn't end up going to the replay and all JMU fans thought they should have um, but one one was a, a poor choice on his part um, right before halftime but for the most part he's made better decisions he's gone to the right place with the ball he hasn't stared down his receivers and I think he's just getting more and more comfortable with the game each time out. Shane Metlin, Harrisonburg Daily News record. Shane, Georgia State on the road. How challenging is this 7-1 Georgia State Eagle team? Uh, it's going to be a challenge. I mean, that's a team that's been good. I mean, they lost um, They lost to Troy, who I think is the second best team in the, in the Sun Belt right now. Um, 
out of the West division. They lost that game. It ended up being sort of a lopsided score, but I mean, I think it was closer than the final score indicated. Um, and I, I think it's going to be a challenge. Uh, they got a really mobile quarterback in Darren Granger who can do things, keep plays alive. And, you know, it'll be maybe the first time in a while that uh, this JMU defensive line is, is trying to chase a guy and contain him and keep them in the pocket. Shane Metlin with us here in the fast lane at Shane underscore DNR sports. Shane, thank you for your time today in the fast lane. Look forward to chatting again. All right. Thanks. Shane Metlin with us here in the fast lane. NASCAR NASCAR with Garrett Cook. Trey's new friend from frontstretch.com. That's a good way to put it. You know, I, I may have gone a little overboard with BFF, but Trey's yeah, new friend. You, you might have scared him. You know, I, I didn't mean to do that to you, Garrett. I apologize for that. Was it any more scary than spending a weekend at Martinsville with Trey and Michael Massey? Honestly, you, you guys were the highlight of the whole trip, so no. I really Boom. enjoyed hanging out Roasted. with you guys. Boom, indeed. Okay, there it is. Um, Ryan Blaney gets the victory. I don't think this is the most exciting championship four. None of the popular drivers are in it. But is it the most deserving when you look at three winners who earn their spots in with a victory? And the fourth was a consistent driver, not just during this round of the playoffs, but arguably one of the most consistent ones over the course of the season, the Liberty University car of William Byron. Yeah, I mean, in my opinion, these guys are certainly deserving to get there. Um, I've heard often in circles that get, just simply getting to the championship four in itself is almost as big as a championship, right? So, in, in my opinion, all four of these guys certainly deserve to be there. You have Kyle Larson, who has honestly probably shortchanged himself out of double-digit wins this season. You have Christopher Bell, who's resurged uh, later on in the season, as he did last season. Uh, of course, Byron's been dominant all year in a lot of ways. Um, he leads the league in, in wins. And, of course, Blaney is really hitting his momentum, and he's riding that momentum wave all the way into the Final Four. So, honestly, I think they all deserve to be there, despite the fact they might not be the most compelling. But I think it's still a compelling championship for nonetheless. It is out of that bunch. Who do you peg as the favorite? Uh, that's a tough one. I would say that... Honestly, if you look over the course of the season, the favorite should be William Byron, correct? Byron won there in, in the spring. Uh, he's had a great uh, flat track program all season. But you can't ignore the fact that Blaney has all this momentum going into next week. And momentum has been known to carry drivers uh, to the championship in this format, such as Chase Elliott in 2020 and others. So um, I would, if I got to pick one, I'm going to go with Byron for the weekend. But watch out for Blaney. Watch out for Ryan Blaney. That's Garrett Cook's assessment of what to expect from Martinsville to Phoenix, the championship race this coming Sunday. Garrett, thank you for your time today in the Fast Lane. It's a pleasure to connect with you, and we look forward to more of these. Absolutely. Thank you guys for having me on. I appreciate it. Our pleasure. Garrett Cook with us in the Fast Lane. And last but not least, or maybe least, that professional football team in Landover, Maryland, or is it Ashburn, Virginia? Seawall, there are a number of ways to look at this, but most notably, was your traffic out of FedEx Field yesterday as easygoing as it was for the teams throwing the football and what was a 38-31 Eagles shootout victory over the Commanders? 
Well, definitely the traffic going in, because I was a little later coming from out of town, Ooh. was uh, way more hectic than I've experienced because I'm normally at the game so early. Um, but leaving out, it was pretty, you know, it wasn't empty because there were plenty of Eagle fans still out there. Yes, still out celebrating their victory against this Washington team. Sam Howell hung in there for a lot of the game, but through a crucial late interception, which ultimately proved to be the decisive one just in terms of putting the commanders behind the eight ball. How much has he shown as having the material to be the guy going forward, even if this coaching staff may look a lot different given that the loss drops the commanders to three and five? I think he's shown a lot of promise. And I think he's shown he could be that with the correct and right development staff and an offensive line that can hold. I mean, did we did we or did we not see a difference already in the offensive line play with two different starters just yesterday? So I think it's something to watch. He arguably had one of his best halves for sure, and there was something different, and something different was that there were two different offensive linemen out there yesterday. The multi-million dollar question now coming out of this, as much as Washington showed and Sam Howell looked fantastic for stretches yesterday against Philadelphia, the commanders lose and they fall to three and five. How much activity do you anticipate over the next 24 or shall we say 23 hours as we speak now after 4 p.m. or before 4 p.m. on Tuesday? I think that based on Coach Rivera's response to the question today about, you know, personnel, he repeated that they weren't going to get into any details about personnel, but by, you know, get through tomorrow. And he said maybe, you know, Wednesday we'll have, you know, something to discuss. So I think they are active. I think they are having conversations, whether or not any of those come to fruition. You know, who knows? But sometimes Coach Rivera tends to say a bit much. And I think he said a lot in that one statement so we'll see just how active they are if they're not then you know maybe it was because something just didn't come through but there seems to be a very active market for defensive linemen we'll see what happens candy waller seawall sports and entertainment with us here in the fast lane candy thank you very much for your time discussing the commanders we'll keep it locked to the next 24 hours to seawall se on twitter and of course Obviously, what all unfolds that we get to discuss next week in the Fast Lane. Absolutely. I'll talk to you guys again soon. Candy Waller with us here in the Fast Lane on W226BG Timberlake, WVGMA in Lynchburg, WMNA, Gretna, Danville, Southside. Now it is time to go slightly belated but still live to whatever we have before the Raiders and Lions take over at 7.30 p.m.